0: This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. To support The Quest and being able to produce more local programming, please visit thequestatlanta.com and click the donate button. Thank you for your generosity.
1: Quest presents an Encore presentation of Shelter in Peace. Good
0: morning and welcome to AM 1160 The Quest, your Catholic radio station. This is Shelter in Peace. I'm Mari Cleveland and I'm joined by my co-host, Anne Satilli. Good morning, Anne. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. So Anne is actually on vacation in Washington, D.C. and she was kind enough to call in and be with us today. Um, and of course, we always have our lovely production manager, Annie Porter. Good morning, Annie. Good morning. And today we're going to have a guest and we'll be bringing the guest in a little earlier than usual, but I'm not going to tell you who it is yet. Um, an Surprise amazing, guest. I know, surprise guest, amazing woman. But, um, but we will tell you about our theme for today. And our theme for today is really going to be around um, sharing the good news that is within you. Sharing the good news that God has given you and why we do that and how we do that. So, dear listeners, as you know, here on Shelter in Peace, we always want to give you words of encouragement, give give you words of hope. But we also want to always um, encourage you to grow in your faith. And so that's what we hope for today. We hope that we are giving you some thoughts and ideas about who you're called to be as a child of God, and especially as a Catholic Christian, and then who and then how you live that out. and so that's what we'll be talking about. We always start though with prayer. so let's go ahead and open up with prayer and invite God into our time together. So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Amen. Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we praise you. We praise you because you are love and because you are the one who first loved us. And because you first loved us, we can love, Lord. So we just offer this time to you today. Um, We ask that in this next hour that our listeners' um, hearts are encouraged, that their hearts are pricked, that each of us is able to just grow in our um, in our love for you and our trust and our faith in you and our hope that you offer us every day and that we find new ways that we can share that hope with others. In your son's precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Okay, so listeners, when Anne and I, and then sometimes Thomas, who's my other co-host from time to time, we start talking about topics, and we say, "Okay, what do we think God wants our listeners to hear this week?" And what's interesting is it's kind of been a theme of topics, right? Anne, um, you know, right? Yeah. Last week we talked about prayer, and people were saying, "Well, what can I do?" Well, you can pray, and pray is a prayer is an amazing tool you can use, and what are different ways you can pray. Um, And by the way, if you did not hear last week, if you're not here on live with Ann and me, um, you can actually listen to any of our shows. They're recorded and you can find them if you go to www.thequestatlanta.com. And then you forward slash shelter in peace, um, or you look up our local shows and find it, you can actually find all of those shows recorded. So if you missed it, you can go back and listen. But for this week, we were, we were talking about, you know, these are unprecedented times and people keep on saying once again, well, what can I do? I feel kind of helpless. I feel a little out of sorts. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And Anne and I both came to the same. It's it's so funny. God does plant this. We both got. Yeah. Holy Spirit. We both got the thought about priest, prophet, king. Right. We both got that thought about priest, prophet, king. And so what are we called to do during this time? We're really called to do what God has always told us to do, um, which is to share his good news um, and to make disciples. It's funny. One time I was doing some work at church and I was trying to think of big picture. And I said to my daughter, who probably was about 12 or 13 at the time, I said, so Lily, what is it? What's our role? What are we supposed to be as Christians? What, What are we what are we supposed to do? And she said, well, we're supposed to share the good news and make disciples of all men. And I was like, okay, well, she knows Matthew 28. She reminded me, I was like, oh, you're right. That is what we're supposed to do, right? So all of you, all of us, we're called as, as um, when we're baptized, when we're confirmed, we are called to do that. We're called to be able to be filled with the Holy Spirit and go out and share this good news that God plants within our hearts. And we receive this baptismal call. And I think, so what's fascinating to me about the whole, Idea of priest, prophet, king is that we sometimes abdicate that. I think. I think we go, oh, the priest has their job, um, and I'm supposed to. Uh, we're, and the prophets, so those were in the Old Testament. You know, that was Jeremiah and all those 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 guys, right? Right. And then, um, and the king. Well, the king's Jesus. So we take those words and we don't necessarily understand what they mean for us and why we're called into being those. But we were called to be priest, prophet, king. And about two years ago, I was asked to do some work with um, some ministry leaders at a church. And the person said, who, who was asking me to work with them, they said, you know, they're working so hard. They're serving so much. They're so tired. They're tired. They're her, her, um, corralling all of these volunteers. They're going out and they're just being sacrificial in their service to others. But they're kind of tired and they may have lost the understanding of why they're doing what they're doing. And so I prayed about it. And that's exactly the phrase God gave me two years ago, almost exactly two years ago now was you're called to be priest, prophet, king. And here's what it means when you're the priest. It's the word is pontifex. You're a bridge. You're a bridge between God and man. And so your job is to bring people closer to God. You're supposed to be that bridge. The one who brings people closer to God, right? Yeah. And then when you're the prophet, you're supposed to speak the truth. You've been given the gifts of like prayer, like we talked about last week. You've been given the gifts of the Holy Spirit where God may plant in your heart something that you're supposed to share with somebody. And it may be a word of encouragement. Or it may be a word of conviction. Maybe they're going the wrong way, right? And we want to call them back to God. But we are called to speak the truth in love and speak boldly. So that's the prophet part. And then the king part is the king is the one who has all the riches and then shares those riches and manages those riches. Well, we've got all those riches with the Holy Spirit. And we've talked about that on the show before, all the fruits of the Holy Spirit, all the gifts of the spiritual gifts. And we're supposed to use those gifts. So those three ways of who we are really sets us up for what we're supposed to do now and so listeners that's what we want to talk about today we want to talk about this is the what you know where we are called to share the good news we're called to 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 make disciples we're called to be priest prophet and king but how do you do that that can sometimes be the harder path right ann
2: right and just being open to to the process Mm-hmm. You know, I, and, and most of us don't remember our baptism. You know, that's when we were called to be priest, prophet and king, you know, and we have to open that up in, mm-hmm. in, in our lives as we go along our journey. And it might look different at different times in our journey. And now everything looks different. So we have to revisit that.
0: Exactly. You know, and I always get confirmation. It's so funny how God is so good at being giving confirmation because today's readings, I was like, oh looks Like we're right on track, right? Yeah, <laughs> so it's so funny because from today's readings from Ephesians, you know, this is when Paul's telling them, He's saying, I've been given this call, I'm supposed to, you know, I was supposed to um share this good news. I, I'm let's see, let's see, I'm looking at it right now, um that I'm supposed to share the promise in Christ through the gospel. I I became a minister by the gift of God's grace and I'm supposed to tell all the holy ones I'm supposed to preach to the to, to the Gentiles these riches of Christ. I'm supposed to bring light um uh, bring to light all that was pla- was in the plan of the mystery hidden in the ages past. And then he says at the end there, he says, um, and this was in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness of speech and confidence, in a- confidence of access through faith in him. And that's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be bold in our speech We're supposed to be joyful as we do it. We talked about that a lot, and as we prepped, talked about you will draw water joyfully from the springs of salvation. That was from Psalm. um, That was our Psalm from today. From That part, I was looking, it looks like it said it's Isaiah. And then in Luke, that's basically what Jesus says at the end of the scripture today from Luke 12 is he says that much will be required of the person entrusted with much. And that's each of us, right? Just like you said, Anne, we're baptized and we're given this call and we're we're entrusted with so much, and so a lot is required of us, and that's what's required. It's required of us to do this, um, and you have some beautiful insights about this. About even who was the first one who started to do this, who was the first one who witnessed to the the um, the love of God, and who witnessed and shared, and was that Pontifex, that bridge. Um, you want to share that story, Anne?
2: Right. Um, so as we started talking about evangelization, you know, um, I was reminded of. Uh, yeah few years ago, a bishop gave a talk about about Mary, and I kind of viewed Mary in a, in a different way, and, mm-hmm. and my eyes were really open to her as being the first evangelist. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to just uh, pray to Mary for her intercession, for, you know, help as really a young mother was my real connection with Mary. Um, you know, we had our little girl, Kellyanne, and then we, um, we lost two babies. Mm-hmm. And that third, pre- that fourth pregnancy, uh, when I was pregnant with my son Thomas. It was a very scary time, and I really made a connection with Mary and uh, consecrated Thomas to Mary from from the first moment that I knew he was within me. Um, And I even had, it's really interesting that I'm in D.C. right now, because Mm. I had such an amazing experience at the end of my first trimester with Thomas. Um, You know, I had been praying to Mary, and I went into the Basilica, um, which if you've ever been there in D.C., it's just an amazing tribute to the Immaculate Conception. And um, and really and truly, Thomas, I felt him move within me for the mm-hmm. first time, mm-hmm. and just the fruit of that joy, and I knew everything was going to be okay. Um, but that was my view of Mary, and then I heard this talk um, some years later from our bishop, and, you know, it, it is that journey and, and the different view that God gives us to help us along in our faith. Um, and the bishop said Mary was the first evangelist, mm-hmm. and he talked, about that story, um, you know, of the angel coming to her and her accepting, she was the first to accept Christ into Mm, her holy, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and then immediately, what does she do? She runs, you know, to share that Mm -hmm. with her cousin Elizabeth, Mm -hmm. and she's prompted to do that and to share that joy, and that prayer that she prays when the baby leaps, you know, John the Baptist within the womb of Elizabeth, you know, Mary prays, my soul. Magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. You know that's the joy. Um, and and I really started to look at that and look at Mary in a different way. Mm. And she's my go-to now for courage to evangelize. Mm. You know, Mary, Mary, help me to be more like you in the world, and um, to bring Christ to others, like like you brought Christ to to all of us mean, um, it's just a different, a different way to pray for that courage. That
0: is beautiful. And, you know, so you used a word that I hadn't mentioned earlier, because sometimes it's a scary word for people, right? You know, I said, okay, share the good news and um, try to be a witness of the good news. And then you use the big old word evangelize, right? And so yeah, sometimes it is scary. People say, oh my gosh, evangel- <laughs> we're supposed to be evangelizers. <laughs> yeah, that's what this means. We're supposed to evangelize. We're supposed to share this good news. And like you said, it's a joy that's within us. And whenever you get a Great gift. Isn't that what you want to do? You want to go share it with other people when you find out something really awesome. There's a great sale going on down the street. There's a great restaurant you want to try. You know, all these simple things in life, we are more than willing to go share with everybody we know about the restaurant or about the store. But what about Jesus? Oh my gosh, what an amazing gift we have in him. Wouldn't that be even more important to go share with as many people as possible? You have this amazing gift. You have this, um, you have God himself who came down and who gave himself for you that you would have eternal life, who loves you with unconditional love. Don't you think you'd want to share that, right? And that your whole soul would
2: magnify it like Mary said. Yeah, yeah, Right. right i I think that we have to um give ourselves permission to go there, mm-hmm. you know and that's that scripture from from uh from first John mm-hmm. that um, no one has ever seen God. if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is perfected in us and, and this is the reason mm-hmm. that we share because he first loved us. Yeah. It's, it is that that unconditional love. That's our motivation, our desire, our and we, we just uh, that will prompt us to share. Mm-hmm. Whether we call it evangelization or sharing the gospel or whatever we call it it's because he first loved us. Exactly. Um and, you know, I I really came to understand that love in a very deep way um, when we opened our home to foster children. Mm. You know, I, I understood that uh, that unconditional love through the relationship with my husband and then my children, but that calling that, that God placed upon our lives to open our home to, you know, children that, that maybe didn't have the love other than God— mm-hmm. um, it, it just it, it it just put a whole different meaning to sharing the love of God in, in our lives. Um but then I had to take that one step further. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a youth minister, a teacher you know, my kids went to Catholic schools. I was surrounded by Catholics and my ministry was my job mm-hmm. and it came very easy. People expected me to share the gospel and expected me to be an example of God's love. And it was, it was very easy. It was natural. But as I opened my home now to strangers, people of no faith at all or different faith traditions, um, it, I had that a little bit of that fear within me of mm. what is God calling me to do and how is he calling me to share? You know, I had the crucifixes on the wall, <laughs> this big Mary statue out in front of my house, and <laughs> pictures of Mary on the wall. You know, I had that beautiful Mary of the streets, yeah. that picture like huge in my living room and people were coming into my home and I thought, do I take those things down? Mm. You know, is that going to be offensive to someone? And then I thought, you know, no. This is who I am. Yeah. This is my faith. And this is an opportunity to share. Um, and, and as I opened to that possibility and prayed to Mary for that courage to, to be the evangelizer, the conversations that I had with complete st- strangers, the deep conversations about the love of God and and faith, um, I was changed. Mm-hmm. I was transformed. Mm-hmm. I was brought closer to the Lord um, in the in a way that I that I would never have
0: experienced before. Mm, that's beautiful. So, dear listeners, if you are just now tuning in, you are listening to Shelter and Peace here on AM 1160, The Quest, your Atlanta radio station. And today's topic, we're talking about um, witnessing and evangelization and all these kind of scary things. Basically, we're talking about what we're called to do. We're called to share the good news and we're called to be the priest, prophet, and king um, that we were given as part of our baptismal um, gifts, sorry, baptismal call. Um, and so that's what we're talking about today. And, um, and you also mentioned the joy of the gospel, because I think that, the, and I was, Evangelic Guardi, I always forget how to say it in, in um, yeah,
2: yeah, right. Don't ask me Latin.
0: Right, exactly. So it's one, of Saint, <laughs> it's one of Pope Francis's encyclicals, and it was a beautiful one. I know I used it when I was doing some work with, um, with some folks at the church, but tell us a little bit more about your thoughts from, from that that really spoke to you.
2: Well, um, I pulled it out when we were researching this topic because I hadn't looked at it in a long time either. It came out in uh, 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, and the beginning premise of, of this document is that uh, we evangelize by sharing our stories mm-hmm. and, and our connection with Jesus through our stories is how we, we share with others and minister to others and that we need to reconnect with that and, and pray through that and, um, you know, just be willing to give witness to the hope. Right. Uh, where that scripture, where's that scripture come from, Laurie? We had that. Um, oh, the hope that lies within the, you. We, yeah. The for hope first, that lies within you. Mm-hmm, first Peter. To, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. From first Peter, just be, be willing to have, um, have that story on hand mm-hmm. to, to be able to share with others. So in, in the, um, in the joy of the gospel, uh, Pope Francis says an evangelizing community knows that the lord has taken the initiative. He has loved us first and therefore we can move forward, boldly take the initiative, go out to others and seek those who have fallen away, stand at the crossroads and welcome the outcast, like you're saying, be the bridge.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, and and that's um that that scripture, 1 Peter 4:15 where we are supposed to We're supposed to be living with this joy and with this hope in such a way that people see it in us. And then we do have an answer. We have an answer for them about the hope that lies within us. And so, you know, that's a great way to bring in our guests for today because um our guests, what you just said about the first part of that encyclical from Pope Francis is that our lives are supposed to share the story. We're supposed to share the story through our lives. So a lot of times listeners, we say, well, what do I evangelize? I don't know how to do it. Well, part of how you do it is not just by what you do, but it's also by will, being willing to share boldly what God is doing in your life and what God has done in your life, because your story is his story. The gospel story is, is he lives it through you and it's, it's through your life. And so our guest today, usually we introduce our guests with a lot of background and all that. But our guest today, I will tell you, is Roseanne Bowen. And for those of you here in Atlanta, many of you probably know Roseanne because um, she has given of herself so faithfully in so many different ways throughout our archdiocese, both in um, various parish schools of religion as well as in schools themselves. Um, where she's, she's led a lot of different ministries at schools at both, uh, let's say, at St. Jude, at Christ the King, at Holy Redeemer. But um, what I'm not going to tell a ton about her because her story is actually what we want you to do is we want you to hear her story from her own words and hear God through her story. And that's what one of the beautiful gifts that Roseanne has is being able to share the gospel through sharing her story. And um, so, Roseanne, we are so so thankful that you are with us today. Well, I'm thankful you invited me. Yes, we're so glad to mm-hmm. be with you. Um, so, would you? You know, we just talked about that. We talked about how God has made us priest, prophet, and king, and He He prepares us for these roles, right? He prepares us to be a priest and a prophet right, and king. Right. Everything from the family He puts us into to the right. gifts that He gives us to the experiences He leads
1: us into. Would you share about a little bit about your story with her listeners i would be happy to thank you um and i hope that when i do share this everyone will take a look at their own life uh and see where god is present because i was blessed to have a certain mom and dad um everyone has been given this gift from god and sometimes um it's not as easy to see god's presence as i have seen in my life but god is always always in our lives Mm. so my mom and dad Mm -hmm. um my mom was southern baptist and she was uh loved scripture Mm. and that's what she shared with us um her bible was her best friend jesus was her best friend And she taught us verses every night. Mm. Um, She also taught us our Baltimore Catechism. My sister and I went to Catholic schools and she taught us catechism. But she also at night had us memorize scripture verses because, as she said, there's going to be times in your life when you will be afraid or doubtful or confused or hurt. And God has a word that's going to help you at that time. And she Mm. was so right. Mm. Um, Those verses Mm -hmm. come back to me all the time. One of them that I was taught, because as a little girl I was afraid of the dark, mm. was Psalm 56, three. What time I am afraid, I put my trust in thee. Mm. And I still say that to this day. Oh,
0: that's wonderful.
1: Uh, she Hi. loved Jesus, he was her best friend, and I wanted him to be my best friend, too. <laughs> My dad was Italian Catholic. Okay. And he So you had you were from a mixed marriage is I, what you're telling us. I was. Us. <laughs> I was. I got the best got the of best both of worlds.
0: Both. You got both. Yes. yes.
1: I got the best of both worlds. He absolutely loved our Catholic faith. So, our family, my dad and um sister and I and my mother at times uh would go to all things Catholic uh whatever city we lived in. Uh, we went to May processions at the Catholic Hospital in Miami, Florida during May. Every Sunday in May. Oh my gosh. My dad <laughs> took us. And, uh, we walked through the halls singing songs. It was only the three of us, but we would walk through the halls singing Catholic Mary hymns, and um, it was wonderful. We d- went to adoration in the middle of the night with my dad. Um, anything that involved incense, we went to. <laughs> That's awesome. And f- And for Sunday Mass, our family sat in the front row, and my dad sang his heart out, and took notes on the homily. That's so neat. I know. That's so unusual too. Oh, it was very cool. It was very disconcerting to the priest in those days. (laughs) But they they really they grew to love it. Yeah. You know, and they would ask him later, so how'd we do, Frank? Um, But then we would.
2: So your dad was it. your evangelizer yeah. yes. and witness to, to your
1: family. Oh, he was. Yes. And uh, we would discuss at Sunday dinner about what God said to us today. He would ask us, um, what did God say to you? And we learned to listen to the gospel oh. and the homily. And we expected God to speak to us. He spoke to my mom through scripture. He spoke to uh, my dad through uh, the mass. Mm-hmm. And so we just knew Yeah, that's where he was. And he would Mm -hmm. talk to us, too. So that's so beautiful that your parents really both taught you how
0: to listen for God. Yeah. And see him already. Right. That is so awesome. That is really awesome. Um, So one of the things that you shared with us is you shared that that was a great foundation. And then um, God took you away to the foreign country of New Jersey. Yeah,
1: it was. (laughs) (laughs) It's very different from Atlanta, Georgia.
0: Right. But. Up in New Jersey, God was there, too, and he started working on your heart up there as well. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Two years after I was married here in Atlanta at Immaculate Heart of Mary, I moved to New Jersey to live with my parents because Mark was sent to Vietnam for that year. And while living with my parents, I began to go to daily mass before I taught school every day, and I met this delightful parish priest named Father Michael. Uh-huh. He was a young Irish priest and had the delightful gift. Of storytelling, mm. he would take the gospel and weave his own life experiences into it, and then he would always end with, and you know our own story is a gospel story mm. God's telling you the exact same thing today that he told so long ago. That's why they call it the living Word of God mm. and mm. and I had never heard that I had read scripture where I'd read Bible stories with my mother, but I'd never yeah. put myself in them.
2: Oh, that's so awesome.
1: And I got that gift from Father Michael.
2: And that's Uh, what Pope Francis
1: is saying, that your story, you minister from your story because God is in it. It is. And I started really listening with now new ears. That is so awesome. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And we're going to actually be going to break in just a few, about a minute, Annie. Is that what we've got? We've got about a minute. Um, So I want to... Roseanne, because there's even more of that story. I think that is so beautiful. That's yeah. going to be really, really rich. That I want you to tell, and I want to make sure that we are um, have enough time to be able sure. to hear that. So, um, dear listeners, once again, you are listening to Shelter in Peace here on AM 1160, The Quest Radio, and we are talking about how to um, hear God, understand that God is really here in your life. And that he is giving you this opportunity to share the gospel story that like like the the priest shared with Roseanne that your life is a gospel story. And so based on if you look at your life and you think about your life, where is God and how can you share the gospel story that is your life that basically then helps you share the gospel and like you read from from Pope Francis. Yeah. So listeners, if you mm-hmm. would just stay tuned, we will be back in just a few minutes to hear more from our guest, Roseanne Bowen, here on the quest.
1: Hi, this is Kathy Haas from All Saints Parish in Dunwoody, Georgia. You're listening to Atlanta's newest Catholic radio station, AM 1160, The Quest. Welcome to The Quest. The Quest presents a daily dose of virtue with Jay Tremonti from Venture with Virtue. Lance is a friend and successful entrepreneur in Louisiana. His faith was simply checking the box by going to Mass on Sunday. Then God brought him back through the power of the sacraments. And upon his return, Lance got busy doing mission work in Mexico and Africa, volunteering in hospices and counseling addicts. Then God woke him up again during adoration to his primary vocation as a husband and a father. At first, it didn't make sense, but God clarified things. I don't think Lance is alone. Many of us might not realize that being a husband or wife or father or mother is actually a vocation and a primary responsibility. Or perhaps we do know this, but we've gotten distracted with life. Either way, the quote that clarified things for Lance from St. Teresa of Calcutta is a perfect homework assignment for us all. If you want to save the world, go home and love your family. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. AM 1160
2: The Quest provides Catholic content 24-7. While you'll only find us on your radio dial from dawn to dusk, you can listen live anywhere, anytime on thequestatlanta.com.
0: Hello, dear listeners. You are back on Shelter in Peace. I'm Mari Cleveland with my co-host, Ann Satilli. And we have as our guest... Hey there. Hey there. We have as our guest today, Roseanne Bowen. And Roseanne was just talking to us. We were talking about how... Our stories are gospel stories, and we were talking about how um, Roseanne grew up with this amazing family, um, mom and dad, who both just taught her to listen and hear God, and then she moved to New Jersey and was starting to be fed and filled by an amazing priest. So tell us more about that experience in New Jersey, because I know that had a profound impact on your life, Roseanne.
1: Right. Father Michael was amazing in my life, and I will be talking some more about some things he said. Uh, but during my time in New Jersey, Mark did come home from Vietnam. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. And we started planning this family, wanting children. And I had been told that um, I had I couldn't have children. Mm. I had been told that when I was 18. And um, my mother's words at that time still rang with me. She mm. said, um, you know, we don't know the plans what God's plan is but I'm going to tell you something Roseanne it's going to be a fabulous plan Mm. and you know what I believed her because I knew she kind of had an in with God and he probably you know. and I just believed her I trusted Mm. her so when Mark came home we started praying to have a baby and one night a friend of mine named Joan asked me to go to a prayer meeting that she had heard of at St. Rose of Lima Catholic Church in Haddonfield New Jersey now this is the early 70s I think Vatican II was ended in like 1965 65. or mm-hmm. something like mm-hmm. that, yeah. and, and so these are the early days of our new church, if you will, and um, I walked into this prayer meeting at St. Rose of Lima Church, and there were people in there standing and singing joyfully and praising God, and their hands mm-hmm. were in the air, and they were <laughs> praying in tongues, and I had never heard. The only tongues I heard was Latin in my growing up years. And, you know, it was like, (laughs) this was very different for me. Um, But you know what? I loved it. It was like it grabbed my heart. And um, I sat there, and I'm praying and praying. All of a sudden, this man stands up in the middle of the prayer meeting and starts talking. Now I'd never heard anything like that either. But he told the crowd that God had sent him to this prayer meeting. He was from Philadelphia. God had sent him to this prayer meeting to pray with somebody who had a headache that night. A well, headache. To, to make a long story short, I looked around and there were a lot of people in this room and I said, "Oh, Joan, I'm sure, you know, there's a million people in here with a headache." She said, "No, he's talking to me, to her." And I said, "Oh no, he's not talking to you, Joan. Don't even I mean, you know, while I love, embarrass me, Joan. I, I know I, I loved everything I was seeing and hearing and feeling. And yet I didn't want her to go talk yeah. to a stranger about a headache. Anyway, um, he said, if no one comes to me, it, it, you know, I'll be in the hallway and come if you have a headache. And I said to Joan, if no one goes, then I guess it's you. But if a lot of people go, it's not you. And sure enough, as God only can do, no one went. And uh, so Joan said, it's me, and I'm going. <laughs> and she went, and this man prayed with her like I had never heard anyone pray. Mm. It wasn't a uh, memorized prayer. He just prayed from his heart. And sure enough, as he prayed, her headache went away. And that was amazing, and I'm still thinking about that. And she tur- the man turned to me and said, now what can I pray for you? And I said, oh, no, I'm good. I am, I am really good. Thank you so much. Let's go, Joan. It's getting late. We have to go home. And, and she said, Roseanne, you want a baby. You've been praying for a baby. And, you know, I, I, when she said that, I, I knew. And somehow, for some reason, I said, yes, you know, you're right. And um, so I turned to him and said, I've been praying to have a baby. I haven't been able to do that. And that night, that man prayed. For Mark and I to have a baby. And as he prayed, I really listened carefully because he was praying for this desire of my heart. And he told mm-hmm. me, um, God wants to hear from us all the desires of our hearts. He loves us as His own and wants to talk to us. And he started praying in earnest over me. And at one point in the prayer, he said, And God, We want her to have a baby exactly one year from today. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Now I know. That was like too much. I said, no, no, wait, 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 (laughs) wait. Because I had been taught you do not give God a time limit. Anything. I said, you know, anytime God wants to give me a baby, that's fine. And this man, this precious stranger said to me, do not ever be afraid to be bold in Christ. Mm. Let your desires Mm. be known to him boldly. He wants to give you the desires of your heart. And so I surrendered my heart that night to the Lord. And this young man, who we never saw again, prayed fervently and boldly for Mark to have a baby. And I I have to tell you, and this is the part that I I do cry when Mm. I tell this story, Mm. one year from that day, um, a doctor called me, a doctor that Mark and I had visited two years before. And he um, said he had a young woman who wanted to give her baby up for adoption, but they had to be Catholic parents. And he was very surprised that since this was New Jersey, most people were Catholic, mm. but we were the only people in that had um, asked and to fill out an application for a baby mm. if he ever um, came across a baby. And I-, I was floored, and he said, we'd like you to have um, this baby. mm and That's that was amazing. that was you know uh, it was it was the day of the prayer meeting a year before and so I just know that God was there my parents faith during that whole time in New Jersey really became my faith the mm. the prayers that we prayed now were were different mm. because of all of our experiences we always loved mm. the mass now praying the mass They came. It came alive, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the Bible, Mm -hmm. um, you know, came alive too. We um, had two children, yes, um, uh, through adoption, and um, I am forever grateful for God's blessings. That is so beautiful, and I love. There are so Mm -hmm. obviously
0: so many aspects of that story that are so beautiful. Um, Part of it is that. I know you had mentioned before that in addition to the gift of having a baby, you also got the that gift of the boldness that, yeah. that part of his oh, prayer. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay. Those are the parts that, you know, to this day. And when it was in the in the scripture that you read this morning, yeah. I thought, mm-hmm. Yes, Lord.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. That boldness. And and that's what's so beautiful is that God always gives us even more than what we're praying for. Absolutely. Right. Oh, and yeah. he knows. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, okay, so so you so you have this this now you have this family you had two children now and you um started to actually share that joy that god had put in your heart mm. and that boldness he put in your heart um mm-hmm. as you minister to your children yeah yeah as you yeah. lived your life with your kids and i would love right. for you to share with our listeners just a couple of the ways that you really helped your children start to find joy in their faith just like what your parents did for you
1: well the funny thing is um it was shortly after we um, had our second baby, mm-hmm. uh, Mark decided he wanted to go back to Atlanta. Mm. Georgia was his home. Atlanta is, you know, was our home, and and I'm like floored because I loved New Jersey. Uh-huh. I had really had a most wonderful experience in New Jersey, and I went and asked Father Michael. I said, um, I, "I don't think God is leading us to Atlanta. What do you think?" And he <laughs> said, "I want to tell you something, Roseanne. You can be sure the Lord is leading you." when you find yourself heading in a direction, you would never choose for yourself. And he said, I want to tell you, if you'll take a look at your life, Roseanne, he said, look back. He had known me for the seven years that we were in New Jersey. He said, God has been present at every moment Mm. of your life with Mm -hmm. Mark in Vietnam and, and, and looking for these children and God answering your prayers. He said, when you look back and see how present God has been, I promise you, he's going to go with you to Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, he yeah. said, and I promise you, God <laughs> is going to show up mm-hmm. in Atlanta, and um, you know, and of course, God has. Yeah, yeah. But it was in, um, it was in the early years, and uh, my kids were little when we got here, and Mark was working, and so I really got to spend a lot of time. At, with the things of our faith mm-hmm. and our two babies. I wasn't working then. Um, my babies were four years old and two years old. And so I spent doing all the amazing things in our faith that I could think of. Um, you know, if you talked to my children now about all the things we did, they pro- I don't know what they would say. But, <laughs> but um, I, the first thing we did was May processions because we went to so many when I was little. Yeah. And um, and <laughs> when I was in the eighth grade, I I was... I never asked to be crowned the Blessed Mother, and all my—I think you crowned her. Did I didn't never get oh, to crown her. Did? No. did you crown her, in? I did
2: not, but my daughter did, yeah. so I mm-hmm. lived through her.
1: Right. All the good Catholic girls <laughs> seem to do that. So, yeah, I didn't—I I didn't get to. I wasn't asked, but at my house, I decided I was going to be the May Queen, and so um, <laughs> I, we. But they had to walk and carry flowers, and we walked around our house and. um, but because there's so many days in May, we would do this every day. So I let them.
0: <laughs> Isn't I let them. That awesome? I let them May do procession every single day. <laughs> I know,
1: you know they were little and I I didn't work and this is what I love to do. So we did that. Um we uh my aunt Lena, uh-huh. my aunt Lena in New Jersey uh had worked in a Catholic school and uh they had given her, I don't know if anyone remembers, I remember are uh, the the large statues of the Blessed Mother that Catholic schools <laughs> mm-hmm. used to have in those days this one had been in the corner of a room, yes. I think it was five feet tall. Oh, I mean my I word. think it was really big, and she was gonna she was gonna throw it away or give it away. i don't know what she did, and I asked Mark before we moved, could we bring it to Atlanta and he said yes, um, so you packed up your car
0: with the bless- a five foot blessed mother and two little kids yeah, I did, yeah, uh-huh. that's holy boldness right there, I know, it
2: was. <laughs> And came to. I hope she rode in the front seat.
1: (laughs) She was strapped in the back seat. So, uh, she's so big. You know, and, and, uh, we put her in our playroom on Spalding Drive. We bought the house across the street from St. Jude's because I wanted that church or the Catholic Church to be the center of our family's life. And I figured that would be good. Live right across the street. We could walk to church (laughs) on Sundays. My children went to school there. Um, and they played basketball there we you know it was there. we made visits whenever we took walks around the neighborhood. It was the center of their lives, our lives together and um so Mary goes in the playroom mm-hmm. and soon and when they you know got older she was dubbed Mary of the playroom, and many times we would um we would um just just group together and pray if there was a a special need in our heart and pray that mary would talk to her son jesus about aunt susan who was sick or whatever Uh in our life and then we started putting pictures on mary and then it was sticky notes so after a while mary had sticky notes on her (laughs) with all the names of people we were praying for and um it, it was great it was great she was actually a part of our life because she was so large so yeah. it was really funny. well
0: and so fun. and your kids got to have a visual a visceral and a visual example of what intercessory prayer is all it about was. right it yeah. was and that they was would awesome. stick
1: stuff up when their friends would come over to spend the night it was always funny the next day um i would go in there to clean up and mary would be turned backwards oh yeah and <laughs> i was never sure <laughs> uh, but at least i knew that whatever it was they were doing they knew mary might not like it and they knew that <laughs> And so we could we could talk about let's let's try to take a look at our behavior. Um, anyway, oh, I loved hilarious. our faith, and I wanted it to be alive for our children. That is, awesome. that, that is awesome. That is awesome. So
0: what's what's wonderful, you know, about for each of us once again, you know, Roseanne keeps encouraging us. Look at your own life. Look at your own life. And so. God put this amazing faith in your heart, Roseanne, and then he gave you these amazing gifts of being able to just make the faith come alive. And then what he did was he said, Roseanne, I don't want you to do it just in your home. I want you to do it out of your home too, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that was so amazing. Father Richard Morrow was the um, pastor of St. Jude's in those days. Uh And I guess he had seen and watched and whatever. And and he asked me... um, would I think about being religion coordinator for the Catholic school? Mm. The great nuns of the Sacred Heart had begun to take other ministries around Atlanta, and he was afraid in those days um, that religion in this strong Catholic school, would go by to the wayside. Mm. Well, I am forever grateful to him. And I think my children are, too, because we took the May processions down to St. Jude's <laughs> School and we took all of the things that we did uh, down there. And uh, I have never had so much joy mm. to be able to continue the traditions mm. that I love in our Catholic faith with all of these children. And the moms and dads that started helping me do all of these things um were amazing mm. they all I, I discovered actually in all the schools and parishes that i worked in um that the parents the moms the dads the teachers they loved all of these things mm-hmm. that we brought to their school and uh they all have such an outstanding faith anyway uh uh-huh, uh uh-huh. and what i was always right. discovering was it's it's in the in our Catholic Church. I I had it too. It was a lack of holy boldness. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had faith, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it, people didn't want if they thought boasting it was boasting to talk about what God does mm-hmm. in your life mm-hmm. or what. But but you know so, it was.
2: So, Rosanne. Yeah. Um, this just jumped in my head from a conversation that we had the other day yeah. that, you know, you know, like Mari said, you had this faith foundation, and then you brought that to your to your family. You know, you passed that down. You handed on faith. Right. Um, but you shared a story with us the other day that you did even go beyond that. You know, you... you um, like I was saying with the foster care, it's easy to evangelize to to Catholics. But you shared this amazing story the other day about going out to dinner with your
1: husband
2: and oh. really showing some holy boldness. Would you please share that sure. story? Because sure. I think it's amazing.
1: Yes, yes, I absolutely will. Well one time when my children were teenagers, they were both out for the night and so Mark and I went to a restaurant. It was, it was down it it it's not little five points like kind it, of Ponce, the Ponce? It was down there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was way out of our neighborhood, but we, which we never got too far out of our neighborhood. But uh, we did that night. It was great. We had dinner. And after dinner, we walked across the street. There was a, a bookstore there, that I love bookstores, we mm-hmm. walked through the bookstore. I didn't realize that it was a new age bookstore. And, um, and that was fine, but that's not what I was looking for. So we started to leave when I started to break out in hives. Mm. I had, um, had red beans and rice oh. for dinner. And somehow, I guess I'm allergic to red beans. And by the time I got to the door of the bookstore, I was like swollen all over. And I knew that I needed to go to the doctor. Um, you know, the hospital to get um, a shot or something. So Mark was hurrying me out, but the woman behind the counter said, "Um, oh, wait, listen, don't worry. We've got something for that here. And she brought out all these crystals and showed me these crystals. And I said, what are they? She said, these are healing crystals. And I said, you know what? Thank you so much. You just reminded me. I've got things in my purse here that will do just that. And I brought out this holy water bottle that I had, mm-hmm. and she said, actually, the crucifix you have on, that that's a reminder of somebody who will heal. And I said, yeah, it, yeah, it is. I, I we have as Catholics all of these powerful sacramentals who are reminders of what our powerful God can do for us. We don't need to have crystals. And I said, you know, thank you for reminding me of this. Um that I have these and she said, you know, I used to be Catholic. Mm. You know, and I always prayed for her ever since that night we raced out the door and mm-hmm. went to the hospital. But um I was so glad for that opportunity to be reminded of what we have and then to share that with her and you know that story too you know
0: when it says it says that we're supposed to share our face but but we're supposed to share with gentleness and kindness right oh, and that's yeah. what you did because oh. you said thank you so much well, for reminding me just the way you did it right thank sometimes we we're afraid to be bold because we don't know how to be bold no, and how don't. to be bold with gentleness but you know listeners as you listen to roseanne's stories i hope that you're hearing that just sharing your face sharing the story sharing the promises of god sharing the ways that he's touched you in your life those are some great ways that you that you do evangelize that you do share. Right. Yeah. yeah. And
1: the the last thing I want yeah. to say about you know if if you have young children or Uh, or teach young children or whatever we we truly need to be farmers for christ Mm. i love thinking about that Mm -hmm. we want these children to grow up to be strong faith-filled adults strong in this world that we have today but we have to sow that seed yep someone has to sow that seed when they're young um and you know it's like if you want watermelons, you have to sow a watermelon seed. You can't just hope <laughs> mm-hmm. that what you throw out there is going to turn into a watermelon. You know? I mean, really. And so if we if we have children and we are intentional about what we're doing as yes. teachers, yes. children, then um, we must... So those seeds and, and only in a way that we have found that we love, so if if, if you don't know about Bibles, we've got Bible studies mm-hmm. in our churches and we've got mother's prayer groups and there's men and women's retreats and now on Zoom, you don't even have to leave your home, but somehow <laughs> mm-hmm. we can find a way to grow in our faith because yep. that's how that seed, it's going to get planted and mm-hmm. it's going to grow. Exactly. You know, yeah. we, a second ago you said,
0: I don't know why people sometimes are afraid of the boldness or what's happened. I think right. part of it was as Catholics, so right. many times we were told it's private. Yeah. Your faith oh, is private. Absolutely. You don't need to share it with anybody. Right. You don't need to tell anybody. It's, it's private. It's just between you and God, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. And actually you had a real quick story about your brother going to see a church. and Oh, he liked my the brother Catholic.
1: was, um, you know, wanting to come back into churches, and he was kind of looking around. And I suggested he try the Catholic Church, so he did. And he said, my brother is, our precious um, brother is younger than us and very quiet. He's an introvert, which Mm -hmm. is different in our family. And so he said, you know, I actually loved the Catholic Church because nobody spoke to me when I went there. And I was like taken aback because that was not the reason that I thought he would like the Catholic Church, but um, that's why that's why he did. And 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 our church, you know, other churches seemed to have overpowered him when he walked in the door. It was a little too much for him. But our church let God. Mm-hmm. Touches
0: heart, yeah, Yeah. and so there is a beauty, beauty in the peace that that's offered, but it's also very telling, right, that we're like, oh, it's so private, we don't want to go bother anybody else and tell them. But Roseanne, the point you just made, I think, I really want to camp on that just for a second because you, if, as you said, for you to share the joy of what's going on with your children, uh, with your children for you to share that joy, you have to have it in yourself first. Mm. And so fill yourself up, right? Mm -hmm. So as you're saying, go to Bible study, get into Scripture, get into the Word, get into prayer groups, there's all these ways. Fill yourself up so that you're so overflowing with it, just like the joy we can hear in your heart that you can share with your kids. You know, you
1: can't help but share the hope you have when you feel it so deeply. And it is not, it is nothing, and I guess I used to think this, but it is nothing that I've done. at all, it's all that God did Mm -hmm. in my life. Yeah, And Mm -hmm. you have to share that,
2: you know? And I've been Mm -hmm. so
1: grateful to God. I love what Pope Paul VI said Mm -hmm. about modern man listens more willingly to witnesses than to teachers. And if he does listen to teachers, it's because they're witnesses. Mm -hmm. And you know, Mm -hmm. I think that's true. You can see people, you can look around and you can see on their face, what kind of day they're having, maybe, or what, it, what you know, and if someone is, I used to ask kids this, you know, who do you know who's filled with joy? And they would tell me. They could see it on people's faces. Mm-hmm. They hadn't heard them say right. anything, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. they knew it. Mm-hmm. They knew yeah, it. exactly. Oh. And I think I can share hope with others because I've experienced it in my own life. Right. I am exactly. so grateful. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't just actually just believe anymore i know mm-hmm. i know mm-hmm. that i know that i know that god is with me and that all and that he always will be
0: right and you've mm-hmm. done just a beautiful job of helping other people know how to be a witnesser you know you and i um got to do christ renews his parish together and one of the beautiful parts of that uh, ministry is that we start to share our stories, that we, we start to share the gospel that's within us. Like you said, your father Michael taught you, right. and you've done a beautiful job of helping people do that. Um, we only have about three or four minutes left. Are there... Um, are there some things that you would share with our listeners about how they would go about starting to kind of mine their own lives or how they
1: could be a witness or are there some ideas that you had that you could share with Yeah, I that? think it's important to take a look at your, at our lives. Uh, look, looking backwards very often when you're in the midst of a storm, it's very difficult to see Jesus in that storm. Mm-hmm. But if we look back at all the other storms that we had in our life and identify where God was it becomes easier to see him now. And I think that's what CHIRP does for people. Um, That's what retreats do. Gives you a chance to take a look at your life and see where the tests came, Mm -hmm. where the storms came, where the joys came, Mm -hmm. but where God played a part in that. And then uh, map it. Mm. You know, map it out up until now. Because sometimes we do have miracles. My, My children are my miracles. Uh, they truly are yeah. miracles from God. Mm-hmm. And and other times I, I have a faith in God because I look back at the map of my life yeah. and see where God was and I know he's now. And I hope that everyone can have a chance to do that because it puts pieces together in your life when you look at some some trials and storms that don't make any sense at all. But when you see the hand of God there, You know, Mm. you know, and you know what he's calling you to do now. Yeah, and um, that's the whole—that's the hope that we have. Our hope is not in our circumstances or our life. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I forget that because things aren't going as I planned them. (laughs) But the Lord is going to make Himself known in my family, however He wants to. Mm -hmm. And I know that. I know that. Yeah. Yeah, that's where my hope is. That is awesome. Rosanne.
0: we have one minute left. Would you be willing to just... um close us out in prayer for our listeners and just um, you've given them so much to think about as they think about kind of mapping their own lives looking back at where God has been in their lives and then at doing that if we proactively do that if we intentionally do that then we do know and understand and have that faith and that hope but it also means that we can more easily share that because we've, we've identified
1: that would you just pray for our listeners sure sure I would love to In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, good and glorious God, I praise and thank you for this time together today. Help us be renewed by your mighty plan for every person that you've put in our lives. Help us to be farmers for you, to see you in our lives, and to share our love for you and your love for us, to all we meet, however you want us to do that. I love Ephesians uh, 1, 16 to 17, and it says, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And precious God, we give you thanks for allowing us to be alive in this world today, Our world that needs alive witnesses for you. Help us radiate you to all we meet. In the sweet name of your son Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 Name the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. was not
0: that beautiful? Oh, Roseanne, thank you for blessing us and blessing all of our listeners today. you. You are a blessing for all of us. And so wonderful. Thank you. Go enjoy your vacation in DC. (laughs) <laughs> thank
2: you. And list- I'm gonna pray for y'all at the Basilica tomorrow.
0: They, right. that's awesome. And Annie, thank you again for being with for being our producer today. Dear listeners, thank you for tuning in. We look forward to being with you again next week here on Shelter in Peace.